guys, this is our second episode of our P2PM podcast. Uh, today is a bit special. We want to do this pretty often. We brought in a guest um, to talk about, really mainly when, when we bring in um, our player guests, we want to talk about two things. So, you know, their, their development equation and their pathway equation. Every player has different equations, right? And we want to... And, and it's not done yet, just because, you know, these players reach a certain level. Every player, until they retire, they're trying to better their equations, um, you know, throughout their career. So we're going to hear about how, you know, when, the, when again, our players come in, um, you know, how, how they've got to where they are in terms of their pathway, what their equation was, what their development was, um, starting from their childhood, and how they're, <clears throat> how they're trying to better that equation. So, let's not delay further. We have Atu. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we just came back from Korea a month ago and he would be uh, taking off right to Korea um, in, on the 30th. Yes, this week, 30th. So, why don't you just go ahead, you know? Um, we can actually just dive right into it. So, um, well, first of all, how you, you know, how you thought about maybe Korea, you know, what your experience was. And then we can you can kind of lead us into, um, you know, you how you started started to play football and you know your your experience in Nigeria and all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, first off, thank you for having me. Um, mm-hmm. I know we've known each other for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, years, and yeah. so Korea came up just through you. I came back to LA after playing in Denmark, and then you were like, hey. There's this opportunity, you know this guy in Korea, so like mm-hmm. you think it would be a good opportunity. So yeah. I was like, hey, why not? Um, mm-hmm. That's another opportunity to continue my career. So I was just like, yeah, why not? Um, and then my soccer career, I would say started before I was even born. Because mm-hmm. my brothers played soccer, my dad played soccer. So it's been in the family for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I was born, my siblings were just, I, they say, they, they always tell me that I had this thing that I would just look at them and they knew exactly what I wanted mm. even before I could walk. So they would just come, hold my hands and then I would just kick a ball. Mm. Just try running, try moving, mm-hmm. doing something. So yeah, um, I, I fell in love with the game pretty early on. I started playing when I was three on my first team and that was a good experience. It was just rec soccer, but really good experience. I was able yeah. to learn how to do different things so yeah and then so I was born in Chicago um, and my family actually moved back to Nigeria when I was seven years old Hmm. and I think that's where I truly fell in love with the game Um, in Nigeria in Nigeria yeah just the the style of play and just being able to play for fun Mm. It was um, really just no structure, which is a good and bad thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. just being able to get outside and kick a ball, no matter where you are, you could. At church, we would go outside and play soccer. Yeah. Yeah. At school, mm. every moment that we weren't in class, mm. we were playing soccer. Mm. Um, and so I think that's where I learned. Just I just I just fell in love with the game. It's um, really. Mm passionate and just real and raw um 
And then, so I was in Nigeria from seven years old all the way till I was about 15. Mm. And that's when you moved back to America. Yeah. And when I was 15 is when I started playing 11 v 11. Mm. So up until then, I had never played organized, organized soccer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was a very big transition. It was difficult. Um, first time you were in shin guards. Yeah, first literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so... <laughs> you're just not used to those type of mm-hmm. those type of things mm-hmm. and even though I was technical I could do everything with the ball at my feet other players their IQ was just a mm. lot they were just more advanced than I was mm. and so that was a big challenge coming to having to overcome that um, it took a lot of a lot of sleepless nights just watching the game mm. um, Watching literally every level that I could, mm-hmm. watching my teammates play and seeing what they do that I don't do, mm-hmm. what I need to do, mm-hmm. um, what I don't know how to do on the field and all those type of things. So um, that was a big transition. And I think it's something that I'm still overcoming to this day. I still mm. don't feel like I know the game well enough. So mm. even now, I'll spend three, four days a week just up watching four or five games a day mm. and just analyzing different different styles so um so backtrack i was 15 when i moved here and then i moved back to chicago and then we moved to la when i was 16 mm. and so that's when i joined my high school team here and that was that was pretty good mm. wasn't great First season wasn't great, um, but it was better than what the school had done before. So that we had our first win in like maybe ten years, mm. and so that was a big deal. First win in terms of like a game. Yeah, the, the, our school, our school had uh-huh. won a game uh-huh. in, in I think ten years. Yeah, and so we won, and I think it was like a really big, really big deal. So mm. that was a fun experience, and then my senior year was a little better. We got better players. Um, I think. I had continued to learn because high school soccer is different than club soccer. Yeah. And so I joined my club soccer team at 16 as well. Mm. And it was a really good team, um, West Coast FC. And it's, I think at the time we were like top five in the country. So really good team. Uh, I enjoyed being on that team, being around so many good players, mm-hmm. good coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the struggle for me was game time. Mm. I think up until I graduated high school, I really wasn't getting a lot of game time. Mm. I was maybe getting two minutes a game, like just mm. the very end. Mm-hmm. And that that was probably one of the toughest points of my life, trying to figure out if soccer was for me. Um, and this was 17? Yeah, 16 all the way to 19. 19. Okay, 16 so to 18, I would say, yeah. For your entire then LA... LA club sort of experience. Club experience. Yeah, Other than high school, yeah. you, were, you weren't getting a lot of minutes. I was not getting minutes. Well, yeah, this is... I do, yeah, this is... I think this is a good place to kind of like just stop by and like just think about it a bit. Because I think most, most players definitely, obviously, struggle with that. Obviously, you know... Um, every team has anywhere around like like seventeen eighteen players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I I just have a few questions in my mind just just now. 
where we can maybe go back to your Chicago times and also Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But let me ask this this more like more question the question that's more related to our like LA experience. So, um, uh, were you like did you were you ever like did you feel outcast like from from the team like what not welcome like you just did you have a bad experience in terms of your teammates or was it just the just the fact that you were getting minutes no i love my teammates Mm. um have good relationships with all of them really uh my teammates really good people i think the the problem was my a lack of confidence Mm -hmm. in my in my own ability as once game time came I just wasn't the player that I needed to be and mm. that I really was because mm. it was like a running joke on the team that I was a practice player. Mm. At practice, mm-hmm. I would be the best player. But then once the game comes, it's like just a, see. a different person. Right. So, um, yeah, those that was really tough. I think one of the other hard things was my parents having to drive three hours and to watch me play mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. minutes. That's That's tough. Yeah. And then the drive back. Right. So, and I know it's it's also tough for them. They would always be like, oh, do you want us to talk to the coach? Like, uh-huh. yeah, like, well, how did your parents take this? I think it was difficult on all of us, mm-hmm. but I'm not a person to really complain or anything. Mm-hmm. I just put my head down and when my time comes, when your time comes, your, yeah. your time comes. Yeah. So, I was just waiting patiently for that time mm. um but my parents were the ones who were more frustrated they would be yeah. like oh we're gonna talk to him mm-hmm. like, this is not right we came all this way mm-hmm. and it was even at the point where our team might be up like four zero mm. and i'm still only getting two minutes wow. so those are the type of the ones mm. where i'm like just give me a chance like mm-hmm. i just need mm-hmm. game time to mm-hmm. be able to get confidence to play mm-hmm. but um yeah, I think that was a really tough time. But it's one of those things where you just put your head down and work, really. So what kept you going? What what convinced you that this is the right path for you? That's one time where, obviously, my family. Okay, I so wouldn't be able to do it without my family. Sure. Like, mm. And they kept encouraging me, hey, you're good enough. Mm. We, we know your ability mm. we know that you can do things that even some of your teammates can't mm. so just keep working and then I think my high school season came at the perfect time for me and my confidence to where I was like okay this is actually something I could do because a lot of my teammates were playing in my league mm. and we played and I had a really good season my, my senior year mm-hmm. and I was like offensive MVP mm. so then I was like okay this is actually something that I, I think I can do. I know that I'm mm. good enough. Mm. It's just a matter of like putting it all together. And you said your family comes from like the soccer background, right? Yeah. So when they yeah. tell you that you have potential, like you probably respected that a bit as well? Yeah. I think I respected it. Um, it's also just, I know it was just my family. Like my, mm-hmm. my family is the type of family like, mm. If I say I want to do anything, they're mm. like, oh, yeah, you can definitely do it. Mm. Very encouraging family. So mm. I had just encouraging people all around me, really. And even back in Nigeria, the people that I would be around would say the same thing. Oh, my gosh, you're going to go so far. Mm. So 
those little encourage, uh, encouragements I, I took to heart and I actually kept those with me. Wow. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Well, speaking of, that actually leads to my, my other question, which is, I'm very curious, like, would, like, you know, in Nigeria, I'm actually very curious in Chicago as well, So, cause, because you're struggling in, in your sort of the tactical understanding of the game. So how much impact did your coaches have on you? Because I, I think, mm. I think at the same time, because you're so young, you're not expected to have, obviously, that experience and expertise and, and tactics that's on the coach yeah so how much of that obviously obviously not we're not you know not you know the purpose is not to bad mouth no yeah. but at the same time like just explaining explaining your experience i think in nigeria sort of who gave you who gave you the most impact and then in chicago and then in la um in nigeria i think it would have probably been my dad, mm. my dad was my first coach. Um, it would be, even in Nigeria, I had different coaches. Yeah. So all those coaches were people who were the more encouraging people saying like, hey, keep at this and this is something that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, were they just positive people in general? Yeah, having positive okay. energy around you really, mm-hmm. really affects you. Mm-hmm. I think in anything in life, mm-hmm. you just want positive positivity around you. Mm-hmm. And so I had all of that positivity. Mm-hmm. And because I was able to play a Nigerian system better, I looked better there. Um, so what is that? What do you think? That the difference between Nigeria and, and, and the then U.S.? And coming to America? Mm-hmm. I think... My coaches here, I can't really blame them because you have a full roster. Mm. And it only, it's, my best relationships have usually been with the assistant coach because the assistant coach usually Mm. has a little more um, time to like focus on me and my needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, The head coach, you have to remember that like a head coach has 22 other players. Yep. And if he only focuses on one player, then he's neglecting the, mm-hmm. the 22 mm-hmm. and giving them what they need. Mm-hmm. So I don't have anything bad to say about any of my coaches. Like I understand you can't, you can only like direct me, mm. but then for them to say like, okay, even like just playing the ball into the channel, mm. I had no clue what that meant. <laughs> but they would just say like, play the ball into the channel. Yeah. And then now I'm thinking, I have the ball at my feet. What does playing it into the channel mean? Mm. By the time I even have, to, I have time to think about that, boom, somebody comes takes the ball. Mm. So then now I'm like, oh my gosh, I lost the ball and I still don't know what playing it into the channel mm-hmm. <laughs> So then I get the ball again yeah. and then they're playing it, okay, play it on the wing. What would, what would uh, your Nigerian coaches say in terms of like, what, what would that phrase be in Nigeria? Is just it different? Through, just through. Oh, just through? Yeah, through. Okay. It's more, <laughs> and so I'm like, man, I don't know a lot of the terminology. Is it terminology or is it understanding the game? It's both. It's both. Because in Nigeria, like, I get the ball, Mm -hmm. beat your man, and score. The game is very simple. (laughs) Score. Right. You dribble somebody and score. Right. Um, Here, you have to, like, play play one-twos, play the ball through, make runs, all these different things. And mm. it can get overwhelming for people. Mm-hmm. But 
I was also one that I wanted to listen to my coaches. I really respect authority. So like, mm-hmm. whatever my coaches are saying, I'm like, okay, maybe that's the best thing to do. Mm. Instead of actually playing my style and playing my game, I'm more trying to play. Yeah, a lot of a lot of my ex- American experience playing soccer. I was trying to change the way I played mm. and try to fit the system mm-hmm. instead of because to some degree that's good, but I lost my identity as a player. Mm. I yeah. love to dribble. Yeah, I yeah. love to like take people one v one, all those type of things, mm-hmm. and I didn't really do that because I don't want my coaches to get mad at me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I knew I know I can dribble somebody, but then I'm like, okay, but what if I lose the ball? Mm. So then that's where that doubt comes in, and then yeah. I end up losing the ball. Because yeah. I'm thinking negatively. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Man, there's there's so much I want to like just delve deep into with yeah. just the last sentence you just said. I think. So I. Uh, but let's let's move on. You're getting you're getting two minutes in your club. What happens next? I'm getting two minutes. Uh, another disappointment was, well, it depends how I how I looked at it. Mm. So it could have been a disappointment, but all everybody at my school or at, on my club team who ended up going to college, they went D1. Mm. Obviously every kid's dream is like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after professional, you're like, okay, I want to go D1. I went D3, mm. but from my high school, I was the only kid on my team who got like, went to, went to school to play. So then I was like, okay, we could either look at this as, like, sit in my in my anguish and just sulk and be mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. everybody's D one, I'm D three, I'm yeah. nothing. But mm-hmm. then, my best ex- my my better experience was in high school, and all my high school teammates were, oh my gosh, they they loved me, like, yeah, so so much love. So I was like, mm. I'm gonna focus on that, and I'm like, mm. I made it out. No matter what it was, it was D3, mm. but I'm going to college to play. So mm. I think that was an, a really exciting time for me and my family, just being able to go and continue my career. Yeah. Um, and it was at a pretty good school. It's like, it's called Messiah. And mm. they had 20, so far they've had 20-something national championships. Wow. So it's, it's, a, it's a really okay. good school. I went there yeah. expecting it to just be oh man it's whatever like they're they're not gonna be that good and i got there and yeah really really good players were they were they, did they all have that same dream as your as you so i think only a few did only a few yeah only a few had that dream of like mm. oh my gosh soccer is what i want to do mm. and but the way that it was a dream for them was different okay they had things that they wanted to fall back on mm. um at this by this point soccer was still my only passion like i had if i wasn't going to play soccer i didn't know what i was going to do yeah um because just nothing else was I, I just couldn't fall in love with anything else yeah. other than soccer at the time yeah so um they would say yeah i want to play soccer like mm-hmm. if i sign a professional contract cool if i don't it's, it's not the end of the world Mm. And so for me, it was still something that I was dreaming about. Like that's what that's what it was going to be for me. So you're saying everyone, if 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 someone if somebody offered them a professional contract, they will all say yes. 
but yeah. they didn't have the the capacity of your, like your, the depth of your dream in terms of like this is the, the yeah. only thing that I want to do. Yeah, there weren't the yeah, only. It few. was different. Okay. Um, I would even say some of them would sign that contract mm. because there were there were a couple other players on the team who got offered contracts mm-hmm. and they just said no. They just mm. said they wanted to focus on life. So yeah, um, that was. My, I enjoyed my time there. It was a good school. Um, but it, I just didn't feel like it was for me. Mm. But I did learn a lot there. I think mm. every stage of my life, I can look back and say, yeah, there's things, there's specific things that I learned. Yeah. And I'm like, that I still use into my game today. Mm-hmm. So that school was very focused on the fundamentals. Like, okay we would have plus and minuses. Mm-hmm. So if you have to take the ball across your body, mm-hmm. no matter where you are, okay. if you don't, you get a minus mm-hmm. for that game. Mm-hmm. They would do it for practices too. If you pass mm-hmm. the ball with the outside of your foot, that's a minus. Okay. If you, <laughs> um, if you control the ball with the bottom of your foot, that's a minus. Okay. But you get pluses uh-huh. for taking the ball across your body, uh-huh. passing with the inside of your foot. Um, mm. Those simple things. So you get pluses and minuses. I think it was really good for me to learn um, structure. Mm. And I do appreciate that time. Yeah. But the kind of player I am. Yeah. It's <laughs> that's not, what I was about to say. Yeah. It's not, that's not really for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think it was a perfect time, that I, a perfect amount of time. I was there for one season. Okay. And then I ended up transferring back to L.A. Mm. Also... Pennsylvania was not, middle yeah. of Pennsylvania was not a great place for me. I just yeah. didn't really enjoy my time as much. Yeah. But it was a good school, everything. Mm. Good team, good teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came back to L.A., transferred to Biola, and that was a good experience. I loved my teammates, everything. Um, yeah. Loved my, just the whole experience, I, I, felt, I felt free. Mm. To play the type of game that I that I know I play, mm. um, so yeah, it was just a new. It was a breath of fresh air being, being in somewhere new. What position did you play? At Biola. At uh, or at, at both. At Masai, uh-huh. I went in. I actually went in as a right back. Okay. And then, <laughs> entering so like at training camp, I had one practice where I like played really well, mm-hmm. but I played as a striker. So then my mm. position now became striker before okay. the season started. Mm. And then I moved to left winger mm-hmm. all in my time at Messiah. And then ended up being an attacking mid and then going back to a center mid. But I was <laughs> I still wasn't even getting... I was getting decent time, but I wasn't sure. getting the time okay. that I, I thought I was going to get. Mm. It was maybe like 25 minutes. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I could have looked at that as like, there's a freshman who's starting every game. There's a couple of freshmen who are starting every game. Mm. But there were also freshmen who were not getting time. Yeah. So I was like, hey, it's it's something. Yeah. It's better than two minutes. Right. <laughs> and this is college. So I'm yeah. like, I wasn't getting, I was getting two minutes when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Now I'm 18 and I'm getting 25 minutes. So I'm seeing progress. Is that how you, 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 you that's how you, sort of uh, put that into perspective when you were yeah. in college? I um, think once, after my after my time in club soccer, mm-hmm. that's when I, 
tried to start seeing the positive side on everything. And I think that mm-hmm. is where I started to see the most growth in my game, mm. being positive. Because with that 25 minutes, I was still getting highlights. Like people were talking about like, oh my gosh, right. he's really good at dribbling, yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. And actually, it's funny now that I'm thinking about it. I remember, I remember being in the locker room mm-hmm. and some of the upperclassmen, Mm-hmm. didn't know that I was in the locker room. They were in the shower or something and they were talking. They're like, Atsu's really good. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he can he he's he's decent but I don't think he would ever play professional. And it was at that <laughs> moment that I knew mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I was like <laughs> if all if no if no other motivation comes, mm-hmm. that's my motivation. Like I have to do it now. Wow. So yeah. But um I mean I, I like I said, I love all my teammates and Yeah. Yeah. I've never I haven't really had bad experiences with teammates. Mm. Lucky lucky enough cuz yeah. through my youth career all the way to up to now mm. I haven't had teammates where I'm like I just don't really like that guy. Is it do you think it's more of like how you carry yourself or is it just you really think they're just good people like you're just lucky? I think it's definitely a little bit of both. Yeah. Definitely how you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. People if you don't give somebody a reason to not like you, mm-hmm. there's, there's no reason that... And even if those people... if There are always going to be people that just don't like you. Mm-hmm. Those people are just miserable and that's okay. That's yeah. how they're choosing to use their life. Yeah. and So that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you carry yourself in a good way. People are going to be attracted to you. Mm-hmm. And if you're just nice, there's really... If you're a nice person, you're respectful. Yeah. You're caring. You're just a, a real person, genuine. Mm-hmm. There's no reason that people will not like you. Yeah. And even if they do, you know at the end of the day you're doing what you need to do. Because mm-hmm. for me, one thing I've learned from, especially from family, is just you do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the exteriors and mm-hmm. all the external factors. If you do what you're doing, and you're doing it right, there's and life happens, and that's how that just deals with itself. But you just need to be a good person, not to get something good in return. Just be a good person because mm-hmm. being good, a good person is just the right thing to do. It's cool. So you're now in uh, at Paola. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, and you said you enjoyed yourself a bit more there. Yeah. It was good. Uh, tough because I couldn't play my first year. Mm-hmm. So, um, but being back in LA was just refreshing. Being able to be around my friends, I think more so than friendships and everything, was just how much I could actually play soccer. So I was mm-hmm. playing with my college team, but then I was also playing pickup anywhere that I could. I was going to like different indoor places and playing. I was playing on another team in the Mm -hmm. UPSL. I was playing in the USL 2, League 2. So at the time it was called PDL. So I was just getting all the soccer that I could. And honestly, I was probably playing twice a day, every day, like Monday, Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. it was refreshing. Like I, I, that's where I started to like 
find that love again for the game. Mm. I had kind of lost it between when I was 18, that uh, club period, probably up until I actually moved back to L.A. Um, but then I started to fall in love with it again. Mm. Started to just, like, be free and, like, try new things on the field and mm-hmm. express myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But uh, college was a, a good experience. And that was D2. So that was another yeah. thing that I saw. I was like, okay, mm. I was playing D3, mm. but now I'm playing D2. Mm. And I feel like I'm probably one of the better players on my team. So this is this is nice. So I actually saw the growth that was that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, sorry. There's I remember mm-hmm. in high school, my dad, me and my dad, he would wake me up as soon as I came to this country and we started seeing like, okay, I'm behind. Mm. He would wake up at, at five mm. before school mm. and we would have like hour long sessions just practicing. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that every day. Mm. And Chicago? In Chicago. We did it a few times here, but he just got a little more busy with work. Right. But um, yeah, I think that's another thing that Definitely. also helped my growth. Definitely. Waking up early before school, practicing practicing when I got home. Yeah. Going to practice and that's mm-hmm. when practice started to become a lot further away. I was driving maybe an hour mm. to and to and fro from yeah. practice every single day. So Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, now college college was a good experience. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with the game again. So Yeah. So then from college until now, if you want to just be able to Yeah. Um my experience all throughout college was playing as many places as I could. Yep. And then I got into coaching as well. Mm. That's also helped me learn the game a lot more. Um, learn it in a different capacity. So mm-hmm. I like to understand, I'm the type of person that likes to understand how and why. Yep. And I was able to do that just by listening to other coaches, mm. watching other coaches coach, even learning from my players at the time. And there were mm-hmm. like seven, eight. I learned different things from them as well. So um, throughout my career, I've been able to learn. And I think learning is the biggest thing. You have to want to mm-hmm. learn. Because yep. a lot of people my age would be like, oh, that's a that's a 14-year-old. There's nothing I can learn from him. That's a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. I, I find it very funny because yeah. I was watching even my nephew's team. My nephew is 12. The way his team plays, the way he plays, like I learned things to add to my game from watching them. Yeah. So you can learn anything from anybody if you're willing to learn. Um, but yeah. yeah, I went through college, actually did a showcase mm-hmm. and this like professional showcase. So paid some money for it. I got the opportunity to do that and I it went well. That was after preparing for it for like a good eight months mm-hmm. just practicing every day yep. intense practices yeah felt really good when the time came and then i ended up being one of two players who got an offer and so this was december 2019 mm-hmm. they told me hey we want you to come out on trial in may 2020 covid yeah so that was another blow to my career i was just like 
I was mm-hmm. so close. Mm-hmm. And then now I felt like I was back at square one. Mm-hmm. So 2020 happened. That was a tough year for everybody. Um, yep. This You couldn't really play for some time. But started playing towards the middle ending of 2020. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I was just like, yeah, I don't know how this soccer thing is going to work. It's just not making any sense. Yeah. But yeah. praying about it, I was just like, hey, God, like, look, this is you know this is what I want to do, and I feel like this is what you want me to do. So mm-hmm. just had to stay patient. Um, and then I was actually on LinkedIn one day mm-hmm. and scrolling through, and then I saw the coach who showed interest in me in that 2019 thing, this Danish guy. Yeah. Ran, I didn't know his name, but I saw his picture. I was like, <laughs> that guy, I'm pretty sure that was a person. Mm. So I messaged him. Or, uh, yeah, uh, connected with him. Uh, we started talking. He's like, oh, so where are you playing now? Mm-hmm. And this by this time, it was like, and beginning of 2021. I said, I'm not playing anywhere. I don't have any options. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, that he remembers me playing. He felt like I was a really good player. So he's going to be in contact with some of his connections. And then he'll, he'll let me know. So this was, actually, this was the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. Time goes by, I didn't hear from him. And then I just said, hey, let me connect with him again. Yeah. This was now March 2021. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, yeah, I definitely remember you. I'm going to be in contact with you. And then, like, same exchange that we had earlier. Didn't hear anything from him. Yeah. And by this time, I was actually injured. I had sprained my ankle. And I was, I've been out for like four months. Mm. So I went back to Nigeria because my sister got married. Mm. So I, I haven't played in almost five months at this time. Yeah. So we're just having a good time celebrating my sister and her, mm-hmm. her new, new house and mm-hmm. new family and everything. And then the two days before I left to come back to America, I just get this call, random call. And you're like, Hey, are you out too? I was like, yeah, I am. Who's asking? Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, I got your number from um, Ole. And I was like, okay, yeah. He <laughs> said, would you be able to come to Denmark and be on trial? Like we saw your video, we're, we're interested in you. And I was like, yeah, of course. So yeah. in my head, I'm thinking I have time to get ready. Mm. Like I can go back, practice for this trial. And I was like, okay, so when would it be? He said, oh, could you come in two days? Yeah. And I was like, oh, like that. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Because mm-hmm. just say yes to those type of opportunities. Yeah. But out of shape, hadn't touched the ball in mm-hmm. a while. But ended up coming back to America to get my soccer stuff. Went to Denmark literally the day I landed. I just went, grabbed my cleats. Got on a flight and went to Denmark. You, you took a two thousand dollar flight for your take for your cleats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. At the time, it just made more sense. Yeah, you know, since yeah. I already had my flight back to America, right? So right. I was just like, okay, let me go back, get my cleats, went back, mm. and then I was there for. I was on trial for like four, maybe three weeks. Mm. Finally, they're like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna sign you." Mm. So. Yeah, um, that was a pretty interesting experience, mm-hmm. being out of shape. Mm-hmm. And obviously, preseason, there's a lot of running. 
So I was yeah. just dead the whole time. But yeah, lucky enough, signed that contract and had a good time. Yeah. So the, hmm. So I'm just I'm just looking at the time here now and yeah. thinking, you know, I think we should definitely do like a like a like more or dedicate an entire episode on what we want to talk about after your story. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, even the even the trial, I want to go in depth with it, like oh, yeah. the three weeks, right? Like because I know you you probably learned a lot, different country, you know, language. We we're just before this podcast, we we're talking about how. You know, you you had to use your translator. Mm-hmm. That's real. You know, yeah. it's real. Like, I mean, if you and and being able to speak like different languages is really a, a weapon. Like, it's a it's a good sort of. You know, um, it just language is such a such a such a big part of being in any country. So I'm thinking. Okay, so for this episode, we can, um, again, we can. So again, as much as I want to stay, like I, I think we can spend the entire two hours like just on those three weeks. Yeah, yeah. In all honesty. But let's save it for later. Mm-hmm. Let's move on, and then so from from Denmark. So how you performed in Denmark, and then how you, obviously you know then how you ended up being in Korea. Just you know briefly. Yeah, sure that. Denmark was an interesting period. Just trying to figure out language and culture shock and everything, but. I felt overwhelmed and praying about it, spending a lot of time just like needing, because I felt those those same feelings. Mm -hmm. And then my family actually reminded me, they're like, this is exactly what happened to you when you made the transition from coming to Nigeria here. Mm. So that helped me feel a little more comfortable, a little more confident because I was like, no matter how it's going right now, because I wasn't performing high how I knew I could. I wasn't as fast as I knew I was um, or I should be. So I was feeling just kind of down, but then eventually started realizing, hey, this is something that I've experienced before Mm -hmm. and there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You just Mm -hmm. don't know how long the tunnel is, Mm -hmm. but you keep working and you'll eventually get out of it. So tough kind of first month, two months that I was there. Mm And then also had some minor injuries that had kept me out. But, and then also trying to get my visa. That was another period where I was just yeah. not able to play. Yeah. Um, and then, tour, it was funny, towards my end, the end of my stay there, I started getting a little more time. I started playing a lot better. And people mm-hmm. were like, oh my gosh, yeah, okay. Now we can understand why he's here kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So that was also nice for my confidence, just being able to, play my style and figure out figure out the system it's mm-hmm. a diff- it's a different system than mm-hmm. I than I'd been used to um, but also learning from coaches having good elite coaches who have like gone through the pro- the, the program yeah. our assistant coach played at Ajax so mm-hmm. like very good players and yeah. I played with a lot of good players as well and those guys Nice people um, helped me a lot in my mm-hmm. transition. I had mm-hmm. like two specific, like my roommates, very influential in the in me kind of settling down and getting used to used to the culture, used to the game. The speed yeah. of play was also different. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think having those people around you 
definitely helps. Mm. And I was able to overcome that. So towards the end of my stay, I got injured. Um, and it was a little bad of an injury. So they had thought I was going to be out for yeah. about eight months. Yeah. And then luckily enough, it ended up being... I came back to America and it ended up only being two months. Mm -hmm. But by that time, they had already signed people in my in my position. Yeah. So they, there was no space for me. So now I had to figure out what what was next. Um, yeah. And so th that transition would have been hard for people, but it wasn't too hard for me because mm -hmm. at least I could say, you can find inspiration in watching other people do sports, watching business people do what they love. You can mm -hmm. find motivation in anything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, find motivation as much things as possible. But also, just work hard. Yeah. And let let fate take its, its, its course. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing needs to be forced because in, in the right time, once it's your time, Nobody can stop when it's when it's your time. Yeah. But everybody's time is coming. Mm -hmm. You just have to be patient. Yeah. For the people around you, it might come earlier, but don't let that stop your grind. You keep working because there's obviously the legendary story of Vardy yep. making it to the Premier League by what twenty seven. Mm -hmm. If he stopped playing and he was just like, oh, there are people around me who made it when they're eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. Why not me? Yeah. And then. If he sucks and, and, and just feels sad for himself, he beats himself down, then we would never have probably arguably one of the best strikers that has been in the Premier League. So yeah, just keep working. Yeah, I think I think the you know in the path to, you know listening to your story and obviously you know knowing you as as a friend, right? Um, what it really comes down to and everything that you just said um, in terms of like what I, what you want to do in Nigeria, you know. Those that's what really sort of drives you. You know, a lot of people talk about how uh, you need to like those who have a really difficult, you know, childhood. If you talk to like these top class, top world class players, like they grew up in like the you know like Ibrahimovic, all these players like grew up in the worst like neighborhoods. Like mm -hmm. they had to go through all that. You talk about like Mike Tyson. They talk about like, you know all these and. You know, again, my my one of my biggest interests is finding, uh, you know, that 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 equation. You know, helping 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 the players to form that equation, and it, everyone's unique, mm -hmm. but equation to reach their potential, so to reach their sort of achievement. I don't I don't define soccer as success because yeah. success is what you want to do for Nigeria. Yeah. Success is what you want to do for the kids. Soccer is not success. Soccer is an achievement. Mm. It's a great achievement, obviously, you know, but it's not success. Yeah. So identify, identifying them, you know, like what is your vision? What do you, what do you want to do? What is your ultimate big why? And so what you need is that, mm. not a, a, a crazy childhood or a crazy, none of that, mm. because that really doesn't apply to our U.S. or American players. Mm. Our, our, all, all the time our question is okay how do we produce like all these players well I think the first thing is because those players and for you as well let's say you know you, you're going through this um, that Nigerian experience is something that 
not a lot of Americans obviously would have, right? So that formed a sort of a big why for you, a why for you. And so helping the players to find that, for me, is a big part of the equation. So, and, you know, heck, like the this environment that we have in the U.S., this Orange County, Los Angeles, you're the top, you know, at least 5% of the world in terms of, right? Like, uh, yeah, everything. So why is this something that pulls us down? Exactly. That makes no sense, does it? Like, it, you know, this this should be something that actually produces even more. And how we do that, I think, is to just help them understand that there's a goal. And then all these things that they have around them to, you know, like even this podcast, if they listen to it and they, they're motivated, there's so many things that, that are accessible here in the U.S. So um, using that to find a, kind of find that equation. But anyways, that was great. Yeah. Um, we'd love to have this time again, you know. So if, if you're in Korea, we can, do, we can do it through Zoom. Let's keep walking on this path all together, and I'll see you guys all soon.